0: So the people were complaining to Moses in Deuteronomy saying, listen, following God is hard work. This is hard. It sort of is. And this was their prayer. This was their complaint. And Moses heard it because God and Moses talked. And so God was telling Moses, listen, people are just complaining and saying, following me is difficult. And so Moses had to come and sort of set them straight. He said, listen, y'all, this is not so hard. God is not asking you to get into a boat and go across the water to a foreign land or all of you have to crawl up a mountain. It's just some mystic weird place. God is not asking you to do that. God is saying, listen, it's in your heart. It's very near to you. It's already in your mouths and it is within. So don't be complaining that you have to do something kind of wild and kind of crazy. But there's a part of me and a part of all of us that sometimes it would be easier if God wanted us to do something kind of wild and crazy. So for an example, uh, this is just an example uh, for me, is that if God says, if you would walk across the United States, I would let you into heaven. That I could do in a sense that I would know that you know, I uh, you know whatever the time limit is, I don't know if there's time limit or whatever. Just say you just before you die, you got to walk across the United States. All right, I got that. It, it's a big, it's a big, tall order, very big, but nonetheless, you know where you stand. You got a map or GPS now or whatever, and you can just follow. Look, I've done this, this, and this, and all I got to do is this state and this state. And punch my ticket in, I'm done. But Moses says, no, 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 you don't have to do that. Said, so, well, okay. Moses says, nope, it's it's in your mouth and it's in your heart. Well, what does that mean? Well, second reading, because we're Christian, let's 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 be Christian here. So because of that. Then therefore, we follow Jesus. And the second reading is basically a resume of Jesus and what Jesus is all about. Christ Jesus is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. Everything is within him. And in him, all the fullness was well-pleased to dwell. And through him, he reconciles all things. All right, we know that. Because then as Christians, we know that if we follow Christ, then therefore... We are following God. We emulate Christ's life every day, and therefore we are kind of doing what Moses says. We, it's, it's kind of within our mouth. It's within our hearts. Got it. Okay. Easy going so far. Until we get to the gospel. All sorts of problems here. We have a real smart-alecky lawyer Of of the law, who knows the law, and it's just smart alecky, knows it. He's smart and he knows it. Now, he's going to get in a conversation with Jesus. So here it comes, teacher. What must I do to inherit everlasting life? Jesus throws it back at him. Well, you know the law. What do you think? And so then Mr. Smart Alec answers back Love your God with heart, being, strength, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus says, You are right. So he's not only a smart alec, he is really, truly smart. He knows how to distill. All of the law, which is a ton of law, Jewish law is a lot. It's just like us Christians, too. We have a lot of rules and regulations. Jewish religion, lots of rules and regulations. And so this, this uh, smart-alecky guy just distilled it down to two things. Love God with heart, mind, and soul. Love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus says you're right. Good job. You know what you're talking about. If the guy would only have kept his mouth shut, we would be fine right now. But we're not fine because this guy, this know-it-all, has to open his mouth one last time. And this screws it up for all of us. Because if we, if we stop right where we were, love God with heart, mind, and soul, and love your neighbor as yourself, Perfect. We could argue that all day long and feel justified. We're happy. Every one of us would set our own rules. We'd argue with each other. We'd point fingers at each other. We'd judge each other, but we'd all be fine. We'd get along, sort of. But no, Mr. Know It All has to say, and who is my neighbor? And this is where it messes us up for all of us. This story, we've heard it a zillion times. Okay. You got a man who has been beat up and robbed, and there he is. Along comes a Samaritan. Since there is no 9-11, you can't pawn it off on anybody. You just can't call and say, oh, done my duty, move on. No, you don't do that. That's just not possible back then. The guy is beat up. Here comes the Samaritan. The Samaritan takes care of him there, does a triage right there. He does his triage, stabilizes the patient, puts him on a horse or something, it gets him into town. He takes him to an inn and cares for him. Here's the part that blows my mind. The next day, What do you mean the next day? This guy stayed with this guy the next day. So in other words, the Samaritan was on his way, he triaged the guy, he got him to an inn, I would be out of there. No, the guy stays, the Samaritan stays with him till the next day. Then, he tells the innkeeper, listen, take care of this, he does have to do some business. He said, hey, Here's some money. Can you take care of this guy for a while? Wow. But it gets worse. Worse. Because here's what the Samaritan said. I'm going to go to about my business, but when I come back, if you have spent any more money, I will help you. I'll, I'll pay for it. Now, we don't know the whole story, but the way the story is going, I know good and well. You know what happened? The guy came, the guy came back and the guy gave the, the innkeeper more money. I so said, why not? Sure, this guy is a super Samaritan. And it's like, oh. If this is my neighbor... And this is what I have to do? I would rather walk across the United States to do what this Samaritan has done. This Samaritan has messed it up for all of us, meaning that if we have to take care of our neighbor and this is what it's like to be neighborly, we're in trouble. Oh, it's a nice story. It really is, it's real pretty. But we don't want to do that. I'll call 911. I'll do that. But I'll move on. Just like those other guys. And let's not throw those guys under the bus. They had things to do that were important. Now, the way the story is written, it makes them look like jerks. It really does. To be a good Samaritan is practically almost impossible. I'm a bad Samaritan, but I'm not a good one. So, back to Moses. Following God is hard, and Moses says, no, it's not. Yes, it is. (laughs) Yes, it is. Moses says it's really quite simple. All you have to do is do the teaching. But in the simplicity is what makes it so hard. And this is the difficult message today that in the simplicity of being a neighbor, if we really look at what it's like to be a neighbor, it is difficult. And what is so difficult about it? It's mercy. To be a merciful human being takes tremendous effort. There is nothing easy ever easy about showing mercy. To stop and show mercy, two things have to happen. First of all, we have to stop. We have to recognize that there is a human being in front of us that needs help. That's hard enough of in itself, but that is exactly what we have to do. And then the second thing is that in our mind, we have to turn our gaze away from ourselves and actually then pay attention to the other person that needs mercy. Those two things, we have to summon up all the energy that we can to do that. It is not easy. But that's mercy. Mercy means we stop and we look at the person before us and we do something about it. We are called to take care of the neighbor. We are called to mercy. And that is what the Good Samaritan is showing us today. This is what mercy looks like. And there is a lot of people in need of mercy because this is what we are called to do as Christians. Doesn't mean we do this every second of every day. Doesn't mean that. No, we go about our business and our business is our business. We got things to do during the day. But believe me, sometimes during our busy day and we know it when we see it and here's what we have to deal with. We know it when we see a human being who is in need in whatever capacity that is. But when we see it, it's gonna tug on us. We're gonna feel it. And it's say, "Ah." Uh, I've got so much to do today. And now here is a person in need of mercy. And we have to show it. Now, in showing mercy, we can feel bad. And that's okay. If you feel crabby, if you're mad because your whole day is ruined, that's okay. Be mad. Who cares? Who cares how you feel? Because you're doing mercy. And so, yeah, you can be a little crabby and you can be a little offset because you have to show mercy. Just deal with it. Suck it up and show the mercy because here's what's important. The person who is receiving mercy could care less how you feel too because when we are in need, it is wonderful to receive the mercy of somebody else. When I am in need and somebody takes care of me, wow, you know, and, and, and some, I don't ask them how they feel. I am grateful that somebody is taking care of me. And that is what we are to be about. And that's what the Good Samaritan Day is showing us. Yes, we're to follow God, but in following God, sometimes it requires us to show mercy. And in doing so, What we are doing is participating in a miracle. We may not feel like it, and we don't want to be there within it. But to the person who receives the mercy, it is a miracle from God. And so that is what we are called to be, that kind of neighbor. Hard to do, but important nonetheless.